this is the start of season three of the Deep Three podcast. Uh, just uh, honored uh, to be joined by Todd Unzicker uh, this morning, the executive director, treasurer of North Carolina uh, Baptist. Um, so, Todd, thank you for being here. Thanks for uh, fitting me in. And I was just telling uh, Todd off air is the first one I've done when, uh, on on Zoom, and he's riding down the road also. I'll, I'll emphasize riding. He's not driving the vehicle <laughs> right now. Right. But um, Todd, thanks thanks for joining. Uh, we'll just dive in. Maybe you want to give a, a little bit of an intro um, of who you are, kind of your journey up to this point and the role you're in now. Yeah, Jimmy, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's uh, it's an honor. So I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, Collide Church and uh, all that you are doing advance the kingdom. And so to be here is, is awesome. I, uh, I tell people that I can relate to the apostle Paul, um, that, uh, when he said that he is the chief of sinners, uh, I came to faith, uh, started following Jesus uh, at the age of 28. God saved me, uh, miraculously and in a powerful way, really turning my life upside down. Uh, one of the biggest things that there's just people who I know in my pre-Jesus life and, you know, they will constantly say, uh, you know, you're just a different person now. And, um, and, uh, I take that as, is all the credit to Jesus and, uh, still uh, like everybody else, I'm still a massive work in progress. And if you don't believe that, just ask my wife, <laughs> but I, um, um, uh, started following Jesus at the age of 28 and, uh, was so thankful that he immediately put, uh, put a couple guys in my life that just started, um, telling me what it meant to follow Jesus. And uh, those guys said jump, and I said how high. And mm-hmm. uh, and so from day one, I wanted to tell my friends about Jesus. I wanted to tell my community, get involved in disaster relief, uh, all those kind of things. Uh, and a year later, uh, quit an awesome job and uh, sold my house and became a missionary. Did that for a couple of years. Met my wife overseas. Uh, she um, um, she's not from Latin America where I was serving, but, um, <laughs> she was, she was from the faraway land of Connecticut okay. and she, she came on a short-term trip and, uh, we got married and then ended up in the Florida panhandle where I served as a missions director for a group of churches and a Baptist association. And then uh, about 10 years ago, God brought us to North Carolina and where I had the uh, honor to be on staff at the summit church in Raleigh, Durham, uh, was a campus pastor there for a few years and then um, moved into the role of pastor of sending and overseeing local outreach and North American church planning and uh, international missions and uh, serving with pastor JD in his role of president uh, of our national convention and uh, started this role a few months ago. And uh, it has been awesome, Jamie um, uh, on the road, getting to just meet with North Carolina Baptists uh, all over the state our goal is to see a movement of churches on mission together. So uh, that's the uh, short version of me. I have three kids. Uh, my, my, I have a daughter who's 11 and uh, two sons, uh, 10 and 7. Awesome. And we'll definitely dive in a little bit more to what you've been doing with the, uh, the Baptist State Convention. I think it's awesome work. We'll get into that kind of at the at the end of our time. But I did want to mention we uh, we met as you came and, and spoke a few years back at our uh, Code Blue event. And I, I think you were kind of shocked by the name because uh, you had had a Code Blue event, right? Like just a couple of years before that. 
So you know, it was kind of interesting hearing that story. Yeah. Um, that. Yeah. I, I don't even think it was a couple of years. I think it was like within a year. Um, okay. So we, my, fam- my family was on vacation. Uh, what was that? In 17, uh, we were on vacation and I just collapsed. And it turned out that I had something wrong with my nodes where my, my heart wasn't firing. And so they took the paddles to me and the whole nine yards. And uh, I have a pacemaker now. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm good. Um, thankful that, um, you know, the EMTs down there in Holmes County, Florida saved my life. And, um, you know, it, all of that. But it, it was a really traumatic day, as you can imagine, for my wife and kids. Yeah. And so um, you guys had invited me to preach. I mean, months prior to that, that, uh, that medical crisis, and I didn't know the name of the, you know, the sermon <laughs> series or anything. Right, and we, right. we get there and I remember seeing like the, like some of the publication, you know, oh, it's called Code Blue. And I remember showing my wife, and she, she was like, oh my gosh, you know, cause she was still like trying to get over all of that. And, and the best part was, um, it was you or somebody said, uh, maybe Nick said, Hey, listen, there's going to be a bumper video and then you're going to go up right after the bumper video. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So, you know, we're worshiping. Worship is great. You know, people are awesome. And all of a sudden the lights turned down and your bumper video. I don't know if you even remember this, but was just this like pitch black with the little EKG thing. Yes. Like, you know, the beep, 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 beep. And then all yeah. of a sudden it just went beep, like the flat line <laughs> and the lights come on. And I look over at my wife and she's over on the side sitting there and she looks like she is about to fall out herself. And uh, she, she jokes that she had PTSD from uh, that sermon series, uh, sure. but, <laughs> but it was awesome. And it's a funny story to tell now. Yeah, that's definitely something I'll never forget. We're actually in Code Blue right now. We do it every October. It's kind of our, our revival. So uh, we've never had somebody relate so personally uh, to the the title and kind of the theme behind it. But obviously we want to see people come uh, to life spiritually, but you had one where you brought back physically so uh this interesting fun story to, to share so uh we'll dive in here the deep three um for me it's just things i'm passionate about uh those same things being faith sports and culture so i want to talk about those three things with you just a little bit and there's three questions i like to ask um every guest uh and, and then we'll kind of go in from there um so first one we'll talk sports so uh i see i see on your uh Social media, you're a big, uh, a big Georgia fan, so there's definitely some some sports there. So, uh, Ty, what's your favorite sports memory? Either something you did playing, something you watched, something you witnessed. What's your What's your favorite sports memory? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I, I feel like I have a lot of them. So, yeah, I'm a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. My parents went to Georgia. I went to Georgia. My brother went to Georgia. Um, and I, you know, at one time Georgia football was literally my God and, um, you know, got into that business, uh, as well. And so I have seen a lot of great games. Um, uh, I grew up a, a Washington Redskin fan and, and Hey, I am one went, too, man. Are you sticking with them? Well, I, I gotta tell you, so I was a fan, uh, from, you know, uh, I was born in the mid seventies. And so like, I can remember like. I remember 1980 to 92 really well. We went to all the games and people don't remember this, but that, they, that those 12 years to the Washington Redskins, they went to the playoffs 10 times. Yeah. They went to four, four Super Bowls, won three of them. Yes. Um, that, that was an incredible run that no, never gets talked about. 
especially uh, I left uh, the DC area in 1994. That was when uh, the ownership changed and they moved the stadium. And so it just has, it feels like a whole new team, obviously with the name change now. Uh, I still follow them a little bit, uh, you know, but there hasn't been much to root on uh, in the (laughs) last 25 25 years. Um, But, um, you know, I'm really excited about my Georgia Bulldogs. I have tons of memories there. Um, and, and, and some really, some really fantastic one. You're going to think this is funny, but I, I, am also a huge boxing fan. And I would say, um, I, I've gotten to go some big fights over the years. Um, and, and if you can, if, if any sports fan can ever go to a big championship fight, the environment in that is, I think better than the masters, better than the Super Bowl, better than NCAA final four, better than any big college football game. Um, and one of my, so my two favorite sports memories are when Sid Bream slid in the 1991 NLCS, yeah. uh, when the Atlanta Braves beat the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, you know, I, I, as a teenage guy, that was just incredible. Um, so that's one of my favorites. And then when George Foreman knocked out Michael Moore to regain the heavyweight title, um, I still get goosebumps over that fight. I can remember that fight uh, almost every round. Um, and so that was a great moment. Uh, you know, I got a lot of great Georgia football moments. Uh, I remember the Herschel Walker days, and those were, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, I was at some incredible Georgia Bulldog football games um, over the years in person and when I was in the media. Um, and I'm open for even better ones this season because our the, <laughs> yeah. the Georgia Bulldogs are looking really, really good. For sure. They look really tough. That defense is, is uh, super good. Uh, there's some good memories. I've never gotten into boxing. I may have to take you up on that and try to watch a little bit and see. Uh, if Since that environment's so good, right? That would be a cool thing to get into. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So uh, next is culture. Um, so the question there is something you can't get enough of. You think food. You can think maybe it's TV, uh, a movie, uh, some songs. Uh, what is something that you really are into uh, right now? I'd say two big things. Uh, my family and I love to travel. Uh, we've always been a real traveling family. I, uh, I really enjoy traveling with my family. I love beach. I cannot get enough of it. I talk in on the, uh, I I've been like this since a little kid. Every time I leave the beach, I am sad to leave the beach. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I especially, uh, love traveling, seeing new sites with my family, uh, love traveling internationally. Um, I honestly have no idea how many countries I've been to, but Mm-hmm. Um, been on every continent and uh, love visioning, visiting missionaries um, and seeing what God is doing around the world. And then I'm a huge uh, river fisherman. I, uh, I am a bass fisherman, but I only fish in rivers and streams. I love wading. I love canoeing. Um, and I can't get enough of that. So, uh, um, and, and I tell you, I guess the last thing is kind of delves into sports. Um, I love coaching my kids in their sports. I get yeah great joy out of that. Um, my daughter's softball teams and my boys football teams, uh, and baseball teams. I love being a part of what they're doing. I know I got a short window of that over the next, uh, Oh goodness, probably five to 10 years. And then yeah. that's over. And so I'm, uh, I'm cherishing that, that time right now. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, very important to be with your family, whether it's, uh, the sports they're, they're participating in what they're doing, or you guys seeing God's creation all over the place. So that's, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Um, last one, uh, moving into the faith element. Obviously, that's something important to us. 
Uh, what's something that God is teaching you right now, Todd? Um, he's really reminding us, uh, reminding me that our best days are ahead. Um, I don't know about you, Jamie, but being a pastor, uh, you know, I'm like a lot of guys, 2020 was rough. Mm. Um, you know, obviously COVID and a global pandemic and pastoring in the middle of that, um, you know, is, is something that nobody really had the answer. I mean, it was not something, um, we, I feel like that whether churches were, you know, if there was a church that had 30 people or a church that had, you know, 10,000, um, there were so many similar struggles we were going through in the middle of the global pandemic, you know, when to meet, when not to meet social distance, mask, no mask. Um, all of that. And it just felt like that no matter what decision we made on that, there was going to be 10 to 20% on one side that was going to be unhappy and 10 to 20% on the other side. And uh, that was, that was tough. And then you throw on uh, in the midst of that, um, you know, racial country that we hadn't seen in, in, in you know, a couple decades um, that really, um, you know, there was not a lot of clear-cut answers on that as well. And um, that was something that, uh, especially if you were in a diverse congregation like we were, mm-hmm. um, that by God's grace, uh, we're, you know, uh, I, I've been a part of a church that was about 20% non And so, you know, people from, from backgrounds just saw a lot of that differently. And that was tough to navigate. And then you throw on a political and a presidential election that was... Um, you know, I feel like we say this every four years, Jamie, but uh, this was really a election that um, was just simply ugly. And seeing people dividing over that was was hard. And even though we're in October of 2021, there's a lot of those elements that I don't feel like have left us. This might feel like the longest 2020 uh, of all times. And I'm, <laughs> I'm still not sure we're fully out of that. But right. amidst all that, God is teaching me. I, I'm really optimistic. Uh, I, I just see the gospel exploding. I had a dear friend call me down in Georgia this morning and his church has baptized 80 people in the last three weeks. And wow. they're not, I mean, they're a big church. They're about 900 people. Um, but when you hear, think 80 people in a 900 per church, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And I, um, I was just telling somebody, I think I've been to seven different Baptist associations in the last 10 days and we're hearing those reports all over. Uh, and I just believe that our best days are ahead. I think God is moving in a mighty way. And he is reminding me that with 3000 plus unreached unengaged people groups with the nations moving to North Carolina, uh, we're one of the, I guess it's the top two or three fastest growing States. Uh, there is a lot of faith that will come. And if you pay attention to social media and you pay attention to cable news, uh, number one, I would tell you, try to stay off of it. Mm. You are watching it. You will see that it will feel like the, that everything is bad, but the light shines the brightest in the darkness. And mm. I am reminded that God's word says he wants to bless us in the land of the living and not just, um, you know, for all of eternity. And I'm really clinging to that. I really believe our best days are ahead. Awesome. That is good stuff. We'll come back to some of, some of that. And I love the the bit that you said. I shared our people not too long ago. Like if if the news or if your phone is like getting in your way, it's weighing you down. The weight of that is weighing you down. Like uh, put it down, stop scrolling, stop watching uh, and and spend some time just focused on on the Lord. Uh, so I, I love that. I love that piece right there yep. uh, for sure. So. Um, all right. Uh, 
changing gears just a little bit. We've talked about some of these things already. This might help you. Uh, Todd, I do like to do a little bit of trivia. I like trivia. So I give every every guest three questions. Um, so we'll see how oh, you boy. do it here. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So, I mean, just kind of giving you hints. This stuff's in context to what we have talked about, what we will talk about. And if I'm glad to give uh, some lifelines out, if need be, to help you on these. Okay. Um, so. All right. Uh, first one, uh, this famous football coach signed to play football to play quarterback at Alabama, but dropped out after one semester to marry his high school sweetheart. Ah, I, I know the answer to that. Uh, do I have to answer this in the form of a question? Because if you I do, do I would say, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> um, in honor of Jeopardy, I will say, what is, uh, who is Bobby Bowden? Bobby yeah. Bowden. That is correct. I thought you were even giving like a shout out to the guy that just won like 30 something in a row because he he said what to everything. So there you go. <laughs> Bobby Bowden. That is correct. That is good. That uh, I thought that that one may stump you there, but we'll get we'll get to the connection here in a minute. So one for one. So uh, now I've got one a little bit of a, of a math question here. So uh, get your thinking cap on. Um, so, so you start with a thousand. Then you add 40, then you add another 1,000, then add 30, then add another 1,000, then add 20, then add another 1,000, and add 10. What do you get? 5,000. Not 5,000. Really? Yeah. I feel like I, I saw this like a common answer uh, to the question. So it's 4,100. So you've got oh. like the 4,000s and then the 40, 30, 20, and 10 give you 100. Huh. I'm sure if you weren't riding in the car and were looking at the numbers, that would definitely be helpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, disapp I'm disappointed in myself. So uh, I'll give but, you a pass uh, on that because I think if you were seated in the room and could write it down, you probably would have gotten that one right. Uh, but there is a tie in there we'll get to in a second. Um, okay. And the last one, we, you did mention uh, fishing a little bit ago. What is the state fish of North Carolina? And I'll even give you this. Wow. There are two answers to this. There are two. I didn't know that until I was looking a little bit earlier. There are two possible answers. Um, wow. That is a, I am stumped and I'm really, really, in, I, I don't mind missing a math question driving down the road. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I don't know this. Um, let me try to guess. Okay. Um, I would either guess the Roanoke bass or the rockfish. Is either one of those? I don't believe so. Uh, okay. I don't think that's the same as one. Now, one I think you like to catch. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's a particular one. There's a bunch of types of this fish in some uh, some rivers and, and streams in the mountains. Is it the smallmouth bass or a trout? Uh, trout. Brook trout. Brook trout. Okay. And the Brook other trout. one, uh, I, I don't fish a lot, but when I used to go fishing, my dad at, at the coast, we used to catch these. This will be the, this is like the saltwater fish of the state. Um, is it the drum? Yes. The red drum. Ah, red yeah. drum. 
Yeah, very that's popular. some good fishing right there. Fishing. That is awesome. Wow, yeah. another one, man. You got me good. So the the brook trout and the red drum is yes. are the state fish. Wow, that's yeah. that that may help you as you're, as you're traveling the state talking to some other fishermen. I'll give you uh, oh, that's, a that's fantastic. So, okay, all right. So uh, I mentioned uh, Bobby Bowden. Um, number one, I was looking. He's got a crazy awesome like coaching tree. So people that have coached under him this this tree of coaches that has come from under him it's crazy you got uh terry and tommy bowden jimbo fisher will muschamp Dabo sweeney mark rick skip holtz chuck amato manny diaz kirby smart like the list keeps on going uh going and going uh so i know there's some some georgia guys on there uh and i know that you have a special connection with uh, Coach Rick, who, who coached there. So, can you tell us a little bit about about that that connection and why he's been such a an important person in your life? Yeah, Jamie. I think the first thing I would say is uh, I remember when he was hired, December twenty sixth, uh, two thousand. Um, he was hired, and um, you know I was following Georgia football, and I was just starting to get into covering football at uh, for uh, Rivals dot com, UGA Sports dot com, which the internet was just sort of taking off at that time as a credible news source. Um, and I remember his press conference and I've been around athletes, um, you know, my whole life. I had never met an athlete that didn't give credit to Jesus for a win, but there was something that Mark Rick said in his opening press conference that caught my attention immediately. Um, number one, he spoke of Jesus as if he knew him. And he said that we're here to win championships, but most of all, we're here to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I remember it was, um, he didn't sound churchy. Um, yeah. He talked about his wife like he really loved her in date nights. He talked about uh, how they had adopted kids because um, they wanted to um, be uh, mothers and fathers to the fatherless. And um, there was just something different about him. Um, I always just thought Christians were just frankly weird. And uh, here was a guy that for, for you know, seemingly felt normal to me, but just seemed different. And so um, covering the Georgia Bulldogs as a reporter, I was just noticing him. And um, I, I knew him on a professional standpoint, you know, four or five days a week covering him in press conferences and being in practices and getting to know him and watch him and uh, started going to a church that he went to. Uh, somebody had told me, don't go to that church. They're serious about Jesus at that church. <laughs> Um, but I thought, I still think that, uh, Christianity is a dumb hobby and I mm. wanted to see what was it that made people like this tick. And, um, and so, um, you know, it didn't happen overnight, a few years of this, but, uh, September 25th, uh, 2004, God, um, really just opened my eyes to him. It was like the scales fell off and I just cried out to him and said, yes, God, please save me. I will follow you anywhere. And um, <clears throat> one of those two men that really discipled me closely was um, Mark Rick's brother-in-law on the team chaplain, uh, Kevin Hines. And um, I, I think on the I don't know, two days after I started following Jesus, he took me to go see Coach Rick and um, told me to leave my, my notepad and my recorder and all that stuff behind and to go and uh, share my testimony with him. And I, and I did. And I was just brand spanking new, didn't know anything. And Coach Rick shared his testimony with me, um, and he said, I want to do for you what Coach Bad did for me. And um, mm. 
And he came around his desk and prayed with me right there uh, on our knees in front of his desk. And um, we just now, from that day forward, um, we not only had a professional relationship, but we uh, developed a great personal relationship. I told him that I would pray for him every Friday. Uh, and here we are, 17, however long this has been now, 16, 17 years later, uh, still pray for him and talk to him most Fridays. And um, uh, became uh, he became a real mentor in my life. He and his wife, Catherine, and their kids came down to Honduras, where I served as a missionary. They spent a week with me uh, there. And then he and I brought the Georgia football team down to Honduras on a mission trip a, a year or two later. And um, they helped us adopting our daughter. Um, and so, um, he, you know, the influence that he has had in my life is... Um, I don't say this lightly. It's, it's, uh, it's impossible to calculate. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I give God all the credit and I thank him for using coach Rick and guys like Chappie and, and Scott Pratt and Bill Ricketts and, and Mitch Kimball and others in my life that, um, really just invested in me. And so discipleship has just been something that, um, I, I always felt like people didn't have to tell me or teach me to do that because I really saw um, saw that in my own life and, um, so much more is, is caught rather than taught. Yes. And I'm, th- I'm thankful for, you know, a Bible college education and a seminary education at Southeastern seminary. Uh, I'm thankful for, for all the nuts and bolts of the scriptures. And I learned there, but I'm most thankful that, um, I got to see what it means to be a follower of Jesus modeled in my life. And certainly coach Rick was one of those people. That is awesome. I, I can't help but think of, you know, looking, I was looking at that uh, Bobby Bowden's coaching tree and how that's similar to discipleship as you just brought up the people that you, uh, that we invest our time in and to see that happen, you know, we talk about it you know, biblically, like the four generations and, and on and on beyond that. Uh, but definitely could see uh, Coach Bowden, uh, Coach Rick, these guys, just the influence they've had on other coaches and players and even you as well as somebody who was in, in the media. That's just, um, that's amazing. I did think it was awesome uh, that uh, UNC honored Coach Bowden a couple of weeks ago, but Mac Brown cannot beat Florida State. He still <laughs> cannot do that. So I don't know. No, he can't. Coach is, uh, you know, I'm sure Coach Bowden is is uh, far more uh, busy up there praising God in heaven than to worry about whether or not uh, <laughs> we're his his former team is is beating UNC, but it's like Mac cannot shake that for some reason. Uh, but uh, that's just that's awesome to hear that story uh, about what Coach Rick did for you, and and like you said, the same thing that Coach Bowden has done for him. It's just a beautiful picture of how we need to be investing in other people. So uh, very cool. Um, all right, so. The second question wasn't was less about the answer uh, than it was about we started with a thousand. Uh, so uh, I want to think back um, a little bit more on your time at the summit and there the goal there of planting a thousand churches. Uh, I don't know. Were you there when that kind of that goal came uh, started and kind of what did that come out of and, and how are they doing on that? And uh, do you believe, uh, I mean, with God, all things are possible. Like when are we going to see this happen? I believe we will see it happen through them. Yeah, so no, I was there. And I was there somewhere I think about six months, one year before I got there. 
Okay. Um, people always ask me how did that goal come about, um, and I'd love to say that that was um, a goal that our elders uh, came up with after a long period of prayer and fasting. But <laughs> that goal came about uh, on the fly. Uh, JD manuscripts all of his sermons, and it was not in his original manuscript. It yeah. came out on the fly. Uh, <laughs> okay. We we as a church would plant a thousand churches by the year 2050. And um, I think he did that in 2011. Okay. Um, and I remember the church planting pastor at the time, Mike McDaniel, great friend of mine, who's really the, the Yoda of church planting across the country. He was sitting there and he heard that and he thought, oh, well, I guess I have a new you know, job job goal. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. So he, he heard it when the rest of the church heard it, which wow. is kind of funny and all that. Um, but the Summit Church is nearing, here, here's the by God's grace, um, uh, basically 10 years into this, uh, the Summit Church is nearing the halfway point. Uh, uh, it's a great, great question. Last I heard, I want to say they were at uh, about 468 churches. Um, that is 54 independent autonomous Baptist churches um, in the United States. The other 414 or so um, are international and so what that counts is not only the churches that were planted directly by summit um, missionaries or summit church planners, but also the churches that they have planted as well. Right. And so what you're seeing is that principle that we call the gaining by losing principle, that as we send out our best, that um, multiplication, you gave me an addition problem, multiplication <laughs> always is greater than addition. And, yes. um, and so that's what we're, we're starting to see um, at, at the summit church. And, um, I, I hope that that's something that churches will start, start really embracing that the future belongs to churches that send. And, um, the church is God's plan a for a lost and dying world. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the institution that God gave us. And I say that loving Bible colleges and seminaries, and I got a degree from both. And I say that loving local associations. I was a, an AMS, I say that obviously loving state conventions as being an uh, executive director of one now, but it's the local church that's God's plan A and, and his bride and the bride gets uh, first and primary attention. And so that's what the summit just felt like was the best thing they could do. Um, we could do as a church was to plant more gospel centered um, um, churches that stand on the authority and inerrant uh, authority of God's inerrant infallible an all-sufficient word. And so uh, it's been a, it was a joy for me to to have a small window in that lane um, of, 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 of helping to be a part of that team to do that um, and seeing missionaries um, go all over the world and church planters going out. That's, that's awesome. I, I didn't realize they were already that close to, to halfway. And you definitely, Todd, redeemed any anybody thinking that your math skills weren't good when you subtracted what was it 468 and 54 there on the fly so you get you're all good as yeah i'm really i'm actually really bummed i bummed <laughs> i missed that math question i'm actually pretty good at math and yeah, so yeah. i'm really you, you, you know no, you totally uh, redeem yourself now in my book for sure okay all right uh, good and apparently there's something with that question that you miss it's like a trick deal we bring so uh i'll, I'll get on that um so uh, finally just want to talk a little bit we've mentioned this time about your um your new role as the uh executive director uh, for North Carolina Baptist, uh, what have what have you enjoyed so far? What have been what have been some highlights in your time uh, so far? Well, Jamie, I've enjoyed honestly all of it. Um, 
you know, um, almost all of it. Um, it has been fantastic to get to nor- get to know better North Carolina Baptist. Uh, certainly, I've been here ten years, so I'm no stranger. We North Carolina Baptist have been our first and primary partner at the church I was at for a long time. And so I knew of a lot of the great work, but uh, the staff is even better than I thought they were. And I had high, high opinion of them ahead of time. Uh, there are some amazing churches that are, God is working in, and we're hearing some great reports. Uh, it has been fantastic. People ask me, what, what, is, what are North Carolina gonna, Baptists going to be with you in this new role? And I just say, people, we're going to be a movement of churches on mission together. We're going to be a movement because the gospel is advancing. And um, scripture says that forceful men are taking hold of that. And so um, Jesus prayed the night before um, he gave his life for us that, um, you know, his thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Jamie, I just asked the question, why not in North Carolina as it is in heaven? And um, God is redeeming people from every nation, tribe and tongue uh, for himself. And he invites us to be along with that. So we're going to be a movement. Um, we're going to be a movement of churches that I mentioned earlier, the church is God's plan. A, uh, the headquarters of this convention is not going to be in Cary, North Carolina. The headquarters of this convention is going to be in churches, uh, from Murphy to Shalote and, um, in Yadkinville and in Charlotte and all over, because we believe, uh, we want to have local leaders lead and we want the state convention to be about, be fueled by local churches and for local churches. And so we're going to be a movement of churches and we're going to be a movement of churches on mission. Uh, we are going to keep the Great Commission the first and primary um, goal of all that we do. Uh, we're not going to be a good old boy network. We're not going to be a Christian social club. I tell people I got enough friends. Uh, <laughs> I, love my, I love my neighbors and um, I don't need another social club to be a part of. We're not going to be a political action committee. Uh, politics is important. Uh, it's incredibly important. I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I have strong political opinions. And I have dear friends um, who are running for key strategic offices in North Carolina, and I applaud them. And we need more, um, We, especially now, we need more people in Washington and Raleigh, elected officials who stand on the authority of God's word. And we need to vote for candidates who are like that. But we're not going to be a political action committee. Um, we're not going to be the party of the elephant or the donkey. We're, we're going to be about the lamb who was slain. Hmm. And that's because our ultimate hope does not come on the wings of Air Force One, but comes in a, in a, in a returning Jesus coming in the clouds. And so we're going to be a movement of churches on mission. The last thing I would say is together. Um, you know, we touched on this, Jamie, earlier in the show, but together is the word I used to describe American culture, sadly. And what's even worse, it's it's not a word I would use to describe Baptist culture. And mm. I think that needs to change. Um, we are a group of 2,800 participating independent autonomous churches. We're not a denomination. We use right. that language, but but we are not. I am not here to be the Pope. I'm not here <laughs> to tell you to tell Pastor Jamie what to do and other pastors. You have enough people on Wednesday nights who do that for you. Um, what I, I really believe is that we voluntarily cooperate for the Great Commission. You know, we do it under the banner of, a, of the Baptist faith and message, which I think is a doctrinal um, statement that's wide enough that allows diversity in churches and narrow enough that keeps us united on the essentials. And um, we are not going to change doctrine. We're not going to change mission, but we are going to try to change the culture. 
And um, that means how we relate to one another. And so what I'm at, I'm begging North Carolina Baptists is let's start assuming the best in one another. Um, let's, let's, in order to have a great commission resurgence, we need to have a great commandment resurgence and um, let's love each other. Number two is to let's really um, give each other the benefit of the doubt. Hey, listen, if Collide Church is doing something next weekend and, and uh, it's something I've never heard of before, or maybe even I have questions, I want to give the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? Um, they are a sister church that want to reach people. And so I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. And then lastly, um, when we wrong each other, which we're going to do because we're jacked up, sinful, fallible people, um, or when we differ, um, I say, you know, um, let's extend grace the same way that Jesus showed us on Calvary's cross. And um, I want us to um, have thick skins and soft hearts and uh, let's spend more time um, discipling those in the walls of our churches and reaching those outside the walls of the churches than we do throwing stones at the walls of other churches. And so um, I hope that um, we will be a convention that is a movement of churches on mission together. The last thing the enemy wants is for 2,800 to be great. It doesn't matter where South Carolina convention north carolina baptist uh the churches we're going to take the great commission on our shoulders and um mark 16 15 we're going to see that the gospel is preached in all nations and then jesus will come again and so that's our mandate and that's what by by god's grace that's what we're going to be about amen i i'm fired up right now <laughs> so hopefully anybody else that hears this uh will be um so you have answered one question I had. Why should we be excited about like the the annual meeting, the state conventions coming up? Like, I mean, I, you've just said it. Like, I'm not going to ask you to answer that question again because you just you just say why should we should be excited about that. Well, I, um, I would say this is go to ncannualmeeting.org and register now. Uh, the numbers that we've got um, uh, already have registered or surpassing last year, which isn't a huge surprise because of 2020. But um, we we want Collide Church to come and bring its full complement of messengers. And we want every church that's listening to come. You're going to have an opportunity um, to network with other churches. There's going to be church planning gatherings. There's going to be um, various groups. There's a young leader network. Uh, there's going to be um, all sorts of opportunities to not only um, vote, which is important because decisions are made by people in the room. And we're going to be putting an on mission together budget and structure out there um, that's going to help us be leaner and be fueled for local churches. Um, and we're also going to have a great time that uh, I just believe the best ideas actually come from our churches. Mm. And so uh, I want people who say, hey, I've always wanted my convention to do fill in the blank. Come and be a part of that. Uh, and meeting.org register today it's in greensboro great city to visit fast growing uh, a lot of opportunities and we only get together once a year right. as a convention and so uh my prayer is that many will come and that everyone who leaves um will say i am glad to be a part of this i mean here's the reality Jamie. I, I want people involved in the local associations i know people are involved national convention uh they might have other strategic partners um for various tasks we want north carolina baptist to be the first and primary partner. Uh, we're going to be celebrating 200 years as a convention in a few years. And um, 
We are not SBC churches in North Carolina. We're North Carolina Baptist churches, and that's mm-hmm. our identity, and um, that's our primary partner. And so um, I think this is going to be a great time of worship. Uh, there's going to be some great preaching, and uh, it's going to be hopefully a, a time that all of us uh, will be able to unite and that people around the country will start to marvel like they did in scripture and say, wow, these people are turning the world upside down. Mm, that's good. Uh, one, one more thing that, that has happened recently, maybe you've got some updated numbers on that, that we want to celebrate for sure is uh, fill the tank. I love that initiative that uh, you got going and we were a part of that. We had uh, nine baptized here at Collide. Uh, do you have like an updated numbers on how many people i know you had mentioned and, and released that it was as far as you know like the biggest amount of, of baptisms uh at one one time uh, in the state's history yeah you know here's a, here's the amazing thing about that is it was really nothing new it was baptism sunday around the globe people recognizing ba- baptism which is the what i call the original walking of the aisle it was the original profession of faith that we see in scripture is that people professing new life in, in, in Jesus Christ. And so I thought, Hey, what, what better way, what first thing to do? We're Baptists, right? If we can't <laughs> unite on this, we're in big trouble. And yeah. so we just said, Hey, listen, uh, however your church does baptism, however we, we believe in local church autonomy, however a local church does it, we're going to just ask that you would fill the tank that day. Let's believe in faith that God is going to say between that day when we announced it uh, in late May until September 12th, that, um, that God was going to save. And so we had reports of churches that, that were having prayer nights every Wednesday night. Some were going uh, door to door. Um, some were doing uh, events. Some were using follow-up from Vacation Bible School. Um, there were all sorts of amazing stories. Uh, some were calling that day for people to profess new faith in Christ uh, that day and be baptized. And by God's grace, we saw over 1,700 um, people baptized in one weekend wow. uh, here in our state. And so uh, around that time, we had some historians um, from Greenville University, from, uh, from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary contacting us. And they did some research and some of our own staff started researching. The largest one-day baptisms we could find was during the Great Awakening in the Sandy Creek Revival. And the highest one-day total they found there was 900 And so I just want people to realize this for a second. We talk about the great awakenings and we long for something like that. Um, I really believe what God is doing in our state right now is almost doubling that. And Mm. um, we we often replicate what we celebrate. And so what I believe is um, let's, I just tell people is, is share the love of Jesus with people. Tell people about their sin and their need for a great rescuer. Invite people to trust Jesus. My wife, is uh, she and another friend are a part of a, um, a, a group um, with ladies in, in, in their neighborhood. And um, they've seen three of these five women come to faith in Christ in the last three weeks. Wow. And um, they, these women are now talking about how um, they can lead their husbands to Christ. And I just see things like that. And I just believe that uh, one more token that our best days are ahead. Awesome. That, that is, that is so awesome. Uh, Ty, I don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, I know you've been on the road. You are on the road meeting people and talking to people. Actually, uh, I think uh, we'll be in the same room tonight with the, with the PNBA. I know you'll be in, in Yakin with the YBA uh, soon. So I just want to say I really appreciate uh, how open and accessible 
that you have been going back to when uh, you had kind of a Q&A, I don't know if it was a forum, roundtable, I don't know what to call it, uh, just having people, you know, uh, ask all sorts of questions to you. And I just appreciate how you uh, how you uh, responded and answered those uh, and just how how you've been just out there with our people traveling the state. And uh, um, I mean, I had a great respect for you before you had this role and even it's even growing now. So uh, and I appreciate you giving up your time to to be on here for a few minutes today as well. Wow. Thanks, Jamie. That's super kind. You guys have been great friends. And, uh, you know, let's uh, let's keep telling people about Jesus. Let's plant more churches. And let's send more missionaries. And, uh, you know, let's be a movement of churches on mission together. All right. That sounds great. I'm pumped. I hope everybody else listening uh, is as well. So we'll uh, talk with you soon and maybe even see you tonight. Thank you, Todd. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Have a great day. You too. Bye.